are listening to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring you the best tactics, strategies, and actionable insights for change through our powerful interviews with change management practitioners and leaders. And now here's your host, Teresa Moulton. Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast. My name is Teresa Moulton, and I am the Editor-in-Chief, and I'd like to welcome Anis Haddad, uh, who is going to tell us a little bit about himself and a lot about the personal transformation journey and, and leadership. Hi, Anis. Hello, Teresa. Wonderful seeing you again. Nice to see you, too. Over there in Singapore. I, yes, well, it looks like it's daytime. You're right. We were 12 hours ahead of you here. It's nighttime. The sun's already down, so it's kind of dark in here. I've got lights, <laughs> but it's not as bright and sunny as uh, as you as you. Yes, I know. It's it's really um, it's really interesting how global we can get now in terms of interviews and reaching out to people and how small the world is yeah 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 so tell us a little bit about about you you have a fascinating background um which gives you a lot of experience to talk about leadership transformation tell us how you got to where you are right now Okay, short to uh, the short version of that, because I could go on for quite a while. You could. You're very interesting. I, 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 so I've been in Singapore 17 years now. Uh, you can probably tell from the accent and the look, I'm not really Singaporean. Um, I was in France for 20 years before that, Italy for a while before that, originally from the U.S., but I've spent, uh, the vast majority of my life uh, working, traveling overseas. Um, originally, I was a programmer, so I was a software engineer some 35 more years ago and uh, became a tech entrepreneur. In France, I built a payment software company uh, in the south of France, where I was living at the time, and grew it to 30 countries, sold it in 2007, just before the global financial crisis. And... Um, we had a very big team in Singapore, so I was traveling here a lot and then and then moved here um, for all kinds of reasons. And I thought I was going to be a serial entrepreneur at that time. I thought I couldn't really do anything else. Um, and I discovered that uh, what I really loved most about um, the years I was building my company was the people. So it wasn't the technology, the patents I filed. Um, the, the growing the company in terms of the global footprint and all that, um, it really was the people, mm. uh, which surprised me. And for a programmer, that's kind of bizarre, um, <laughs> but, uh, that, uh, that, that sent me on my way to do what I do today. So now I coach and I facilitate and, um, it's all about transformation. It, it's C-suite level. So most of the vast majority of my work is with top teams. Yeah. Um, and they are um, 
either going through some kind of change or transformation or getting ready to trying to figure out what to do. And I, I facilitate that whole conversation that often emerges into change. Great. And um, what I found uh, really intriguing uh, last time we spoke, the first time we spoke was that your work, you seem to, you seem to get called in bef- to help a group before a change initiative is actually even thought of, right? You're, there's usually some sort of issue that you're helping a C-suite team or a CEO work with his or her team on. And, um, and I found that really interesting because I think from a change management professional perspective, you know, we're brought in later uh, to the process. What type of, what type of uh, challenges do you get called in to work on? So some of the, it, it feels like waves sometimes, like now post-COVID, there was a great deal on trust, getting okay. people back together again at the top team level. Mm-hmm. Um, trust had been frayed a little bit because people were running around doing lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there, there was an interest in that. Quite often, um, it has to do with silos, trust, um, building greater cohesion at the team level. Uh, There is a sense, there's a topic of going from good to great based on the old book from, I don't know, something years ago. Um, And there's a desire now that how do we, how do we make our team really great? Mm. Uh, Things are working, but it feels like feels like stuff gets in the way sometimes. Yeah. Um, and as you start unpacking that, you start to see things that then could um, evolve into a more generalized change management program for the whole organization. Um, but it really starts from those kind of human things at the very top. Right. And when you go in to help with some of those different um, challenges, how do you know that a senior team is in a, in a transformation process or starting a transformation process? Wow. Uh, how to generalize an answer to that. I don't think, so there's a bit of philosophy, I guess, behind that. Great. I don't think it's possible to be alive and doing big things if you're not going through some kind of change and transformation. Um, yourself, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, anyone, anyone. I mean, yep. different levels of it. It may not be the really, really big stuff, and there's some smaller transformation going on. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's any team that is not going through some kind of change, responding to stuff outside that's happening, external things that are happening. COVID hit. AI is coming in. Ukraine war, there's always something going on right. that we're responding to. And then the internal stuff where we're driving stuff internally. So I don't think I don't think anybody is not in some kind of change of transformation. I think the work is more creating an, an aligned awareness hmm. of the transformation that we're going through as a group. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do about it as a, as a team. 
Mm. Um, I think it's more that than are they in transformation or not. Um, okay. I usually start out a workshop, a retreat with a flip chart and one to 10 using um, whatever theme that they've chosen. So let's, mm-hmm. if we go with great, we want to be a great team. Um, I'll put great at the top, a journey to greatness or good to great, whatever language is resonating for them. I'll give them two dots, a red dot. And so each of the eight, nine, 10, 15 people, a red dot, you, you, you put a red dot on the one to 10 scale on where you see the team here today mm-hmm. in terms of good to great. Mm-hmm. And you put a green dot on where you need to be in order to achieve everything that you need to achieve as a mm-hmm. great yeah. Not where do you need to be five years from now? It's where do you need to be now? Mm-hmm. And there's always a, a discrepancy. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and in that discrepancy is the change and transformation that, that they're going to be going through. Okay. Interesting. Really cool. So what are some of the, what are some of the challenges in transformation that you see an individual going through at that level, maybe? Or anyone really. So what, so the challenge is quite often. So what is most universal general or any uh, unique ones, honestly. I mean, um, your book, the it's yeah. the hummingbird that dip, dip, uh, sip the right. nectar, right? <laughs> it's a long one, yeah. The hummingbird that drank. No, drank the eagle. Hummingbird the nectar. eagle. <laughs> Sorry, I botched that. But I love the I love the title, and um, I've been reading your I've been reading it, you know, for about a week, and. Uh, there's so many lessons and richness in it that I can't put it down. And so when I was thinking about this interview, you know, this discussion, I was like, I want to try to get some of this richness to come out. And, and what struck me was this journey that people take in transformation and they're not conscious aware, consciously aware of it, I think, all the time. Yeah. So how do you as, you know, the coach or the leadership facilitator you know maybe not how but what do you what do you see and observe that kind of gets your gut instinct saying okay okay here's here's an option for them or let me see where this goes yeah um yeah great that you brought the book in because there is a story there in the uh in the early part of the book um a CEO of a textile factory. This was a real story that made it into my novel, mm-hmm. changing details and stuff so that um, um, it, 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 it becomes anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, so textile factory CEO dealing with an increasing number of accidents and fatalities even. Mm-hmm. And um, they're struggling with safety They've gone through all kinds of uh, consultants, organizations. They've got dashboards put into place. They've done their, their all kinds of meetings around safety. And they feel they've done everything they could, and they're still having accidents happen. Um, so as I was coaching the CEO, I, I, I'm not a safety person, so I, I wasn't coaching him on safety per se, mm-hmm. but on on his way of being and how, how he's dealing with that. 
So I asked them, how would you rate yourself one to 10? How would you rate your commitment to safety from one to 10? Mm. And uh, he said, very high. So I said, give me a number. He said, nine out of 10. I said, great. How about your top team, your direct reports? He said, also very high, probably eight out of 10. So then the conversation turned around. Um, maybe that's why there are still accidents. Uh, that one point difference might be why there are still accidents. And his initial reaction was to get angry with me. He said, I can't be on, on everyone's back. They do crazy things. A lot of the people aren't, um, aren't educated. Um, the shop floor is very long. A forklift will be coming down one side. Someone wants to get to the other end of the shop floor. They'll jump on the forklift and they'll ride it over there. They know they're not supposed to do that. Oh. I can't be on everyone's back. That, so that was the beginning of his transformation. It was the question, what does it mean to be 10 out of 10 committed to safety? Interesting. And realizing that his belief was that that meant something superhuman and possible that I had to be on everyone's back and babysit them. Right. Because of stupid things. So he had to really work through his beliefs on 10 out of 10 commitment and what does it mean and all that. So mm -hmm. that story is in the book. I'm not going to give it away how he sure. resolved it. <laughs> sure. But he, he does resolve it. And it's um, it's his own epiphany transformation. It, it starts rippling through the organization. Yeah. And a, a big takeaway from that is we don't, we don't go into transformation for the fun of it because it's not really, I mean, you know, you know, this. <laughs> it's not necessarily fun. Oh, <laughs> right. You end up in the neutral zone too long and then you can go a little nuts. Yeah. So we do it when the stakes are high, the stakes are high enough and we really choose to do it. So that's the first thing when I'm coaching is find that, is there a choice? Are they, is that what they're choosing? If they are, then I can I can coach that transformation. Mm -hmm. There is no choice. There's nothing to coach. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. there's no, <laughs> right. There's no choice for me. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. And um, what do you think? Uh, what do you think your biggest transformation um, was from the? Um, tech CEO realizing that you, you know, loved people to, you know, what was, what was your biggest transformation personally coming out into now this new world of people, people work? I've had a series of, um, um, one big one was finding my sense of value and self-worth Mm. from the company that I had organized, that I had created, the results of the organization, um, my experience and expertise mm -hmm. and all that, that I built up over all those. I was talking, I was giving, I was invited to banking conferences around the world. I was talking to boards of, of banks um, on innovation and and payment systems and all that. I wrote two books 25 years ago in payment systems. So I, one of the biggest transformations was uh, letting go of all that 
um, I can say it really easy. It sounds really simple as I say it today, but it was an amazingly, amazingly painful process. Yeah. Um, letting go of that and then eventually finding um, value that's not related to my experience, expertise, and, and all that. Oh, wow. Right. Right. That's that is a that is a transformation, especially for someone who's who's achieved so much, you know, such scale and breadth. And and it's it's a lot of people in that age bracket now that's senior executives and everything that well, you see it at different ages. Someone someone who is has taken on a bigger leadership role with departments and functions that he or she doesn't understand because they've been running they've been running one function department for a long time and now they've been given this bigger group right they don't know what to do with it and then they start freaking out because they there's a sense of my value is based on having all the answers right i have no answers so i try to make up answers and i try to find areas that i do have answers <laughs> and then it starts screwing up right so, so there's a shift there into understanding that um, I still have value here with these other people that are doing things I don't understand, even though I don't. So that's a transition. And then that's the very senior levels. It's a similar transition, um, just at another another level. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That always is a big one for people. Um, so around transformation, what are some of the what are some of the like lessons learned that you you think people should be aware of when they're working with people who are going through transition or transformation either? I think one of the big ones that I've seen, um, and I don't know if you've seen, if this would resonate with you, one of the big ones I see is when the top level either the top team or really the CEO and the top team, there's kind of a, there's a kind of a sense of uh, we need to change. I'm, I'm exaggerating this. We need to change and pointing at other people uh -huh. where we means you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's we, except for me, need right. to change. Uh, and people pick that up. It's very subtle. Um, it appears subtle, but we hear it. We see it and hear it. Mm -hmm. And it'll come out. People are not necessarily articulate enough to express it the way I just expressed it because they're not living in it all the time. Right. But they'll say something like, uh, have you talked to my boss? I think he should be doing some, some of this <laughs> different. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> He's on his journey. He's doing his thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it comes up with little quips like that, kind of. That we're, mm -hmm. we're not seeing the top people. They're not walking the talk. Right. Um, so that, that that's quite a, quite a big one that can go deep. Because then it gets mingled with, how can I be a CEO if I'm changing too? Won't they lose respect in me? Mm -hmm. I just problem change fix the problems right <laughs> I you to do it right that's a dicey one so how do you help someone feel safe enough and 
grounded enough to take that first step to change in that CEO situation? I think if they're really stuck and everything they do isn't really working, they're not getting the changes, silos are still there, yep. good people are leaving, um, there's an openness to really hearing something different. Okay. Um, and one way, there's a phrase I've used, uh, we've talked about it last time, you can't lead transformation if you're not going through transformation yourself otherwise you're just teaching it mm -hmm. you can't transformation you can't facilitate transformation um, you can't lead it because um, it's very different than teaching it teaching your outside and you're telling what to do and all that right is, is not inspiring that's not what people are following into into battle that's one element another really big element that works quite well is linking it to something very human um usually they have at that level they have children that are in their teens or have moved on mm -hmm. out of teens. and you can always link it somewhere to the transformation they went through as parents mm. where they needed to let go of the KPI parenting. Yeah. Yeah. Younger children, you do this, you're going to get this much pocket money. Um, if you don't, then you're going to be grounded. Right. You that, those kinds of cause and effects, which is a lot of management because a lot of managers have younger kids. Yeah. Um, so quite often when you link it back to the transformation they went through in order to uh <laughs> to manage that transition as right. teenage years and leaving they realize they've done it before okay it's a similar kind of uh it's a similar kind of letting go okay that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense thanks for sharing that because i always wondered you know how do you really give someone that safety or a concept of of tr transformation or change in a way that they are comfortable enough to take that first step. And sometimes it's not that they're comfortable enough, sometimes that they're in pain or <laughs> disease, right? Um, and, and I like what you then said about, you know, helping them see they've done this type of change before. Yeah. Um, it's just a different context. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't go through life without going through lots and lots of those events. That's they're right. Right. And when you That's... start looking for them, you see a bunch of them. And a lot of them are a lot bigger than the transformations we go through professionally. Right. Right. Oh, my gosh. So what do you like the most about uh, transformative leadership coaching? I like how um, um, people come away feeling more human. Well, mm -hmm. That's a, a frequent sense that I get yeah um, when you're working with the top team and you have people you have these sharing moments that can get very vulnerable they I've had CEOs say it's the first time we see each other as people and not as roles nice and that's uh that's a huge win when I hear something like that that's <laughs> that's very cool that came out there was a merger there was being that was difficult 
two companies merged together. They were having trouble getting it fixed together the way a lot of mergers have trouble. And there was backbiting, backstabbing, and things like that between people that represented one company, people that represent another. And then there was a third group that came in, which were the newcomers. So, <laughs> so you had these three kind of <laughs> three kind of tribes in there. Oh my. And they always saw each other through the lens of where they're from, which company they're from, what role they played, what role they're playing going for. They, they were looking through that. So when we created an event where they were sharing deep stuff and it was vulnerable, all of that fell away and they could just see each other as human beings. You so were able to do that about. with three tribes that were trying to blend? Yeah, because at the That's end of the wild. day, when they start talking about human stuff. It's like, yeah. This person is struggling with their child. This person is struggling with a parent who's ill. Another person is very disappointed because they're not where they expect it to be. Uh, there, there's always right. personal stuff like that that's that's very human, um, very old. I mean, these are these are age old mm -hmm. connection stuff and bonding. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so yeah. That helps tremendously. That's great. That's great. So tell us about your book. So the book is a novel. Um, I I wrote it initially more as a business kind of a book, but I, I didn't like the teachy voice that was coming through. Mm -hmm. And I really like, I really take it as a challenge to write it as a, as a, as a real novel. Mm -hmm. um, a bit like the Patrick Lencioni books, um, mm -hmm. which he mixes fiction with the business mm -hmm. telling stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, I wanted to go a step further and make it pure fiction. Mm -hmm. And um, I had uh, I had three writing coaches mm -hmm. at separate times, different times, coaching different things around the writing process. And I remember one lady's voice in particular who kept saying that passage there, you're teaching, you're teaching again. And I would go, I, how am I teaching? I, I'm just telling, it's, I'm showing what's happening. She says, nope, you're teaching. And then I start going through deeper and I, I see, yeah, I, I, I was teaching. So it was, um, it, was a, it was a very challenging, very difficult process that at the end felt really beautiful because it took that teaching voice out. Mm. allowed me to tell the story um now i'm I, i'm working on a second book which is more business mm -hmm. it, it goes with that book as a novel oh nice business side but the teaching has gone out a lot. It, it doesn't feel the, the voice doesn't feel as teaching because of all that work right um, Right. So the book, uh, it's, a, it's a story of a 50-year-old man uh, who, um, former tech CEO, very much me at that phase, um, his own transformation. Um, he, he had lost his wife a few years earlier. His daughter had just grown up and had just moved and, and is off overseas working. Mm -hmm. um, he's no longer running his company. And he's trying to figure out what the hell am I going to do next? Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't realize he's in transformation until his best friend uh, 
starts to beat him up over it and says, you are going through junk. You're in a mess. You need to get your life together. And uh, it's his story of, um, of, uh, of, of transformation and growth and getting ready for the next phase of his life. Right. That's great. I really, I'm, as I said before, you know, I, I'm a third through it and I love it. Um, when is it coming out? The next one, I believe, will come out around January. Okay, and the um, eagle in the neck that dipped the nectar. <laughs> the eagle that drank hummingbird nectar. The eagle that drank hummingbird nectar. I'm going to have to write that on my flip chart here. <laughs> um, really good, really good um, read. And that one comes out in September, doesn't it? Or is that it already out? August last year. That's August a, that's last year. Oh, so you can go ahead and get that. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. They sent me a um a transcript, so I I didn't know what the date was, but right. um yeah, we just air it all here. Uh, <laughs> just going with the flow. Um, but yeah, the, I'm gonna look look forward to the next the next book, Anise. That's fabulous. I hope that's you enjoy great. the rest of this one. There's a I'm not going to give it away completely, but there's a twist at the end that I'm really, really happy with. It took a long time to figure out. Okay. It humanizes the whole thing. It gives the whole story a new flavor. Um, so that, that was also part of the excitement of, uh, or the challenge and the excitement of forcing myself to do it as a real novel that rather than uh, a fable teaching yes. a, a, a story. Yes, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, so if you could, uh, leave, leave this conversation with one thing for the audience, what would you want that to be? Um, now your audience, change management, a lot of people and change and transformation, working with others. Yeah. I guess the biggest thing is you, the work that you all are doing is so immensely human because that's what we've been going through for hundreds of thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Change, transformation and dealing with messy stuff that nobody really knows how to deal with. Um, so it, it's a, it's a, without getting too hyperbolic about it, there's almost something sacred, I believe, in that kind of a work because mm. you're, you're facilitating that for others supporting others in their growth and transformation and self-discovery. Mm -hmm. um, I know there are lots of spreadsheets behind them. There are all kinds of processes and everything that need to be there. Mm -hmm. But if that, if that spark of humanity can always be driving that, I, I think that's a, I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful thing to be doing. Yeah, that's gorgeous. I love that. That's fantastic. Thank you. And um, if folks want to get a hold of you or uh, see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, so I have a name that happens to be extremely uncommon. So www.anace.com, A-N-E-A-C-E, uh, just my first name.com. Uh, there's everything there on me, link for the book. It's on Amazon. Okay. Um, I guess on Amazon, look for the Eagle book, say Eagle, Nectar, Hummingbird, whatever, and it should pop up. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, That's so a- pretty easy to find because my name is pretty unique. Yeah, it is. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time on this podcast. It's really been a blast uh, speaking with you and learning from you. And hopefully we can have you on again when your uh, next book comes out. Love to. Thank you, Teresa. Wonderful talking to you. Thank you. You too. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Change Management Review Podcast. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.